0: Sidelined USA presents Sidelined Stories. We interview athletes who could no longer participate in their sport anymore due to current injury, health condition, or concussion risk. We talk about their stories. What have they been through? What was their journey like? What was it like to step away from their greatest passions? So we do this all to start a conversation about what happens when an athlete has to step away from their sport due to circumstances that are outside of their control. The reality is, although it may seem like the end of an era, it can be the beginning of another. Every aspect of my life goes back to that moment in time and the inability to play soccer. And it was something similar to me losing a loved one. When I was told I couldn't play anymore, it's like my identity was was taken away from me. It was like if we say if we tell people that we're sad or we're depressed, then we're gonna look we're gonna be looked at as weak and unable to. perform.
1: And if it weren't for this injury, I don't know that I would be where I'm at personally with finding my value in my being instead of what I'm doing. The courageous route is to confront how
0: you're feeling and to be honest about it.
1: Welcome to another edition of Sideline Stories. This is Christine Pinalto, and today I'm here with Dexter Hollingsworth. Welcome, Dexter.
0: Hey, how you doing?
1: Good. Thanks for being on our show today. So tell us a little bit about your background, just kind of in sports, where you played, what position you played, um, sport, and then also what you do currently.
0: Okay. Well, I'm from a little town in in Mississippi. It's called Van Clea, Mississippi. Um, I played at St. Martin High School, which is is just a little community just north of Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Um, I've played football since I was about four years old. you know, I, I I played quarterback growing up, played quarterback all the way through middle school and leading into high school um, until I was sidelined because of concussions. Um, but right now, you know, I've, I've, I'm i a graduate assistant at the University of Southern Mississippi uh, for football. Um, uh, I work with quarterbacks and, and receivers, mainly just kind of like a helper on offense, um, coaching those guys and, and helping out.
1: Great. All right. Great. So yeah, today we just want to talk about um, your personal experience with concussions. Tell us a little bit about your history with concussions. Like how many concussions have you had? And then just kind of walk us through those and what your recovery was like with each of those.
0: Yeah. I, you know, a lot of people, I have five that I know of, you know, I really didn't start getting my concussions until I was, I would say probably going into seventh grade seventh eighth grade um I'm I'm very you know a lot of kids are fortunate enough to to not be injury prone and I was one of those kids where I was injury prone so you know I'm breaking fingers and and stuff like that um but you know it started off I I remember vividly you know my my first one where it, it wasn't bad it wasn't a major concussion and so um, I remember it was in, I was playing MPE ball and, you know, we're playing two hand touch, but things get a little rowdy. And so the kid, I remember coming across the middle and a kid elbowed me right in the forehead. I remember, I was, you know, I was pretty dizzy. And so, um, teacher got me checked out and everything. And, um, you know, they diagnosed me, the athletic trainer diagnosed me with a concussion. And so I remember that you know, that one wasn't too bad. Um some of these some of these concussions are a little um little fuzzy. Um I, I remember I, I ride dirt bikes also. So um a lot of people you know, people ride dirt bikes on tracks and stuff like that. Well my dad he had me riding through the woods. I was riding with a guy. My dad had taken off and he was in front of me and I there was a guy behind me and I was probably you know i was i was eighth grade i remember i had fallen and i hit a tree with my head and i remember i was just out of it and so you know with that one that one was pretty bad um I, we were going at a at a pretty high rate of speed and um that one was pretty bad now you know i remember going to the hospital and everything getting checked out i was probably out of school for probably 2 days just real you know real dizzy and stuff like that um, you know, that, that one was pretty, that one was pretty quick. And then I got another one riding dirt bikes doing the same thing. That time I hit it, I remember I hit a stump and it flipped me over the handlebars. And I remember I, you know, I, I, I hit my head pretty good on that one. Um, then it led me into, you know, they say that once you get one concussion, it leads into another and that leads into another. Um, if you get your head, so you're more susceptible in getting them. And so, I remember, you know, going in, it was my ninth grade year. We had just, we had played the season through my ninth grade, um, you know, playing quarterback, everything. And, you know, sometimes the coaches move me to a different position. I remember I, you know, I, we went out there and they put me at, um, they put me at linebacker and I went to go hit and I just put my head down. Well, whenever I hit, I just, you know, I was dazed. Well, you know, football, you're going to get dazed every now and then. You're going to get a little little dinged up. And so, I, you know, I got back up and coach said, hey, go again. So I went again and got popped. I was like feeling, I was like, whoa, you know, this is this is something different. But I didn't know what it was. Like I knew that I had gotten hit and I knew that, you know, something was wrong. But it wasn't like the concussions that I'd had before I knew that something was messed up and, you know, being a football player and everything, you're, you don't, you don't want to tell nobody. You want to be a tough guy. So I didn't tell nobody. And I just remembered like, you know, I thought that whenever I got home, I just, I was kind of, you know, dizzy all night, just couldn't really, just couldn't really see straight. And you know, I didn't want to tell my mom and dad. Um, I wanted to be a tough guy. I just remember throwing up. You know, I, I was. It was to that point where I was like throwing up and just seeing light and stuff was bad. I went out to football practice again, and um, they, you know we were doing heads up drills where you're blocking. And so I lined up, and bam! I I remember I I was waking up in the in the locker room.
1: Really? And I
0: was like, man, yeah. I was like, man, you know, you know what happened? The athletic trainer was there, and I remember he called my mom and dad in there. And they, you know, they came in, you know, obviously parents are freaking out, you know, especially mamas, you know, they, they try to figure out what's wrong with their baby. And so, uh, you know, I remember them freaking out and I remember Sparky saying, hey, you need to bring him to the hospital. Well, this one was bad enough to where um, they had to CAT scan me. So, I, you know, I did a CAT scan, did all kinds of tests and everything. So I remember them, the doctor, he told my parents, he said, we need to get him to the neurologist. And so I went to the neurologist. I mean, I had to go probably every two weeks to do checkups. I believe I have a little short term memory loss from it. Um, so, you know, but going to the do- going to the neurologist and stuff like that, they, it helped out a lot. You know, he worked with me and, um, you know, tried to get me back right i had to i had to sit there and um you know do all these tests and they would help me out you know they would they would they would try to push me into remembering a lot of things but it's still it's to a point where i i can't
1: sounds like you had <laughs> quite the experience with concussions obviously that last you know couple were 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 pretty rough so at that point, I know that um you and your parents and your medical staff had a conversation about discontinuing football. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, um, you know, after the fact that I, I went to the neurologist and stuff like that, you know, it was probably, it was probably a couple of weeks. And, you know, they sat me out from, from football for a while. Um, it was, that was my fifth concussion that I knew of um, that was actually diagnosed. And so, you know, I remember being in the in the field house and um, Sparky sat down with my mom and dad and was like, look, I, don't, I honestly don't think you need to play. And, you know, from a from a parent's standpoint, they're going to do everything they can to, you know, protect their kid. And so, you know, I had to kind of take into consideration about that. But, you know, a, a lot of people – as a competitor and as an athlete, you don't want to stop. You have that that fight to where you you know I don't want to quit. I don't you know I I just want to I just want to keep playing. You know it's it's hard to for a lot of people to put down a sport that they love and a sport that they've been you know playing mm-hmm. for so long. Um, and you know I I growing up I really idolized Brett Favre a lot, and um, you know he's from the coast where I'm from. And I just remember him, you know, he played through a lot of injuries and stuff like that, you know, and I I knew that he was tough. And so I I wanted to be that, you know, I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to quit, but you know, my, you know, sitting down with, with Sparky and my parents, it was one of them things where he, he kind of put it to a point where, look, if you, if you don't stop, you have a chance of having brain damage. Mm -hmm. And you know, that kind of set to the point where I was like, mm, you know, it ain't worth it. You know, it, there's always something. My dad's always taught me, he's always taught me to just go with the flow. And so, it was one of those things where I had to sh- just try to sit back and, and just go with it. And, you know, I was, I, I didn't know what to do. Um, you know, everybody kind of, after that, they kind of have that, that depression state where, uh, you know, I I don't know what to do. And mm-hmm. so I was just kind of sitting back and, you know, I had to think. And and luckily, you know, my dad, he, he sat down and talked to me every night. And he was like, look, son, I just, you know, I, I hate to do this, but, you know, I just have to make sure that you're safe. And so I was sitting there and, you know, it, it got to a point, you know, where he kept reiterating that just, you know, day after day after day. And then, you know, it got to a point where I was like, you know, maybe, maybe this is right. Maybe I need to, I need to help out my parents. And so I finally accepted the fact that I couldn't play anymore. And, you know, it was rough. It really was. Just had to embrace it. And so I, I really, you know, I had to, I had to find another way. My dad was like, you know, maybe you could do this, maybe you could do that. But I was like, you know, I have to find another way. Mm -hmm. And so there was a guy, um, that was an equipment manager at at my high school. And he ended up going to college and eventually going to the NFL as an equipment manager. And so he kind of took me under his wing. He kind of heard about it. You know, he was going to the high school games and stuff like that. So he kind of saw, and so he, he kind of took me under his wing and, and guided me. And he was like, look, you know, I, you know, you could be an equipment manager. So I walked away and, um, I went into being an equipment manager, you know, I, I, I found it, you know, another way to into going into, you know, staying in football. Mm-hmm. And so my, my coaches kind of, they helped me out. They, they really did. We had a guy, um, you know, following my concussion. He told me, he was like, look, he said, you stick with me. He said, I'm going to help you out. He said, I know it's tough and everything, but he really took me under his wing and showed me the ropes of everything. You know, I got to see the, the background of how high school football teams ran. I was still involved with the team, you know, still, still running around with the team, running sprints, mm-hmm. stuff like that, throwing uh, football, you know, throwing footballs with the quarterbacks, throwing drills to the receivers and um, pretty much, you know, doing everything that I had been doing, but I was just doing it in a different role.
1: Mm-hmm. Some athletes find it really hard to do that, to, like, stay with the team but not, you know, have it be where they can compete and, you know, do the, the full experience. Did you find that challenging at first and then just make an adjustment or did you feel like overall it just wasn't that hard for you?
0: Um, you know it's challenging at first, and it's gonna be challenging for everybody um it really is um you know I was lucky and fortunate enough that I was surrounded by a good group of guys you know they they say that you know friends will last last a lifetime, and you know i I still talk with those guys that that helped me out during during that transition you know they they really you know they saw it, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like it wasn't like one of them things where, Oh, you know, he, he just don't want to play no more. you know, they knew that, that I was, you know, going through an injury. And so they really like, they were the ones, my friends were the ones that really helped me out with the whole situation to where, you know, they were like, look, man, you know, we get it. We understand, just come out here and have fun. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that, that really wasn't a problem with me you know staying staying with the sport because i knew that that i had people by my side and i think that's a important aspect of of going through you know problems and going through situations is having somebody there that can support you right. you know finding the right people to put around you um that that can help you through the tough situations
1: for sure yeah, we talk to a lot of coaches who want to know, like, just how to better help out these athletes who are sidelined and, you know, just kind of an awareness factor. So, I mean, from your experience, I mean, it sounds like you had a really positive experience by not only, you know, the support from your friends and teammates, but also the coaching staff, the athletic training staff, it sounds, and your parents. Um... But specifically for coaches, like what advice would you give to other coaches out there who are experiencing an athlete who has to give up competition? You know, whether that be due to concussions or any other health reasons, but what would you recommend for them to do for the athlete?
0: I would recommend just, I wouldn't say, you know, cradle in the athlete, but, you know, help them out. Everybody goes through tough times. Everybody goes through um, adversity. And so, you know, I, I credit that the my boss right now, our head coach, Coach Jay Hobson. Um, he he says that a lot. He says, you know, adversity is going to strike, and it's just a matter of how how you get through it. I think that a lot of coaches need to just understand where a kid's coming from whenever something like that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of coaches will sit there and you know they'll they'll maybe judge a kid because he's. You know they think that he's just soft as we'll put it in football terms
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, they think that he's just soft well, you know that that's not the case um you know, some kids just like me just they weren't fortunate enough to just play the sport that they love, and so I think coaches need to just you know really focus in on that and focus in on helping the kid through the tough situation. Um, you know, trying to find ways of, you know, picking the kid up and encouraging them to do better and try to find a different road, find a different path. Just show them that, they, you know, that you care about them. Um, I think that's that's huge with with um, going, you know, being in coaching now, um, showing a kid that, that you truly care about them because then they're going to look up to you. You know, that the coach that did that to me, he took me and was he brought me in as like I was one of them. And so I was in coaches meetings. I was in, you know, everything that coaches did. They gave me gear, fed me everything. I mean, I was hanging out with the coaches, you know, and now I still talk to those guys. The guy that did that, he was a huge, like, role model in my life, just helping out with that transition.
1: I mean, that's tremendous to have coaches to understand that, like, they really hadn't Opportunity to impact you and to help you, you know, encourage you along in your new path. So, I mean, kudos to all of them because I know it's not the case with every with every situation with an ath- sideline athlete. A lot of times they feel kind of discarded because they no longer can play. Therefore, they just don't feel like the coach, you know, necessarily has the time for them anymore. Or sometimes they even feel like the coach just doesn't really care. Um, kind of one and done kind of thing. So, um, right it's, I, you know, truly appreciate what, the, what they did for you. So you continue to stay involved in football um, in college. And, and, you know, did you get that scholarship you were hoping for? And did you go on to, you know, kind of start yourself a collegiate football career in um, some capacity?
0: Oh yeah. You know, we, uh, I was in the uh, like I said, I was an equipment manager. So, you know, I really embraced that role. So that was my, you know, that was my ninth grade spring going into my 10th grade year, and so I was an equipment manager all the way through high school. Um, I was with football for um, my 10th grade year, my 11th grade year, uh, my 12th grade year, too, but following my 12th grade year um, football season, you know, a lot of the coaches and stuff at at the high school, they kind of saw, you know, I was constantly running around doing things, you know, I, I don't like to sit still, and so, I had uh, my cousin, the soccer coach at, at the school, and so he, he was sitting there, and after football season, he asked me, he's like, hey, do you want to come help out with soccer? And I was like, you know, I don't know a thing about soccer, and I, as a football player, typically football players hate soccer. And so I was like, man, I don't have, I don't have an idea about what's going on. And so he's like, well, come on, come learn. So, you know, I was shagging balls. Um, he taught me how to do stats. So I was taking stats at, um, at the game. Um, so then, you know, throughout the soccer season, the basketball coach was like, hey, man, do you want to come help out? And so, like, sure. So I was, you know, shagging balls for the basketball team um, and videoing their their basketball games. You know, I, I got – I was fortunate enough, you know, our our high school basketball team was pretty good. And we got to play at a lot of places and I got to see a lot of people and, you know, guys that are, I got to be around a a lot of guys that are in the NBA now. Um, One of them being Devin Booker. Um, He plays for the Phoenix sun. And so, you know, I got to be around those guys. And so, you know, going through that, I finished up the basketball season and then our football head coach said right now um, he's still there. And, you know, he was, He was like, hey, man, he was a powerlifting coach. And he was like, hey, man, do you want to come help out with powerlifting? I was like, what am I going to do with powerlifting? And so he, you know, he was like, just come on. So I was helping get water and I'd help, um, you know, the the athletes. I'd wrap their knees before they would go into the squat racks and stuff like that. And so then, you know, going into the spring, the softball coach, he was, you know, he was my middle school football coach. And so he told me, he said, hey, man, and he's like, you want to come help out? I was like, heck, yeah, I'll come help out. So I was running around, you know, um, having to clean up, you know, I would clean up everything. I would um, field balls for them, for, the, for the, the girls. And, you know, I would cut grass on the field. And it got to the point where I was, you know, I wanted to be – we weren't rich and everything, so we didn't have one of those big – you know, mowers that made designs in the field. So I had to, like, you know, I, I was like, I'm going to come up with a way to make designs in the field. So, I, you know, I just took on that role of, you know, trying to make sure the field looked good and everything like that. Um, then I was, you know, that, that guy that took me under his wing that was an equipment manager, um, he he told me, he said, hey, man, he said, you know, I went to school at Southern Miss. You know, once you, you come up there and, and talk to this guy, which – um, he's the head equipment manager here at Southern Miss. Still, his name's Patrick Stewart, and I was like, yeah, man, I'll go talk to him. And so I went and talked to him, and you know, I talked to Pat and his assistant uh, Zach Gatwood, and they were like, you know, won't you? We'll we'll give you a scholarship if if you want to come up here, which every little thing to help my my parents out would be is perfect. And so you know, I following my my year they they told me to come up there so I enrolled in school at Southern Miss and um you know I I was an equipment manager for a college football team and so you know going into fall camp my first fall camp um I was I really didn't you know college practices are a lot different than high school practices I mean they're they're fast-paced you know just going and so I didn't know what was going on and um you know, I finally started getting the hang of it. And, um, you know, our, our head coach at the time, Todd and he's with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. He um, he kind of, he he's a real energetic and passionate guy. Let's just put it that way. And so um, he, he ended up, I, I messed up on one thing, and he, he kind of yelled at me a little bit, just got into me. But, you know, after that, I walked up to him and shook his hand and was like, hey, I'm going to be your equipment manager for this year. And so after that, you know, he, he gained some respect. And um, he, he literally, you know, he kind of started asking me about the, you know, what, what my past was and stuff like that. And I told him. And so it was pretty cool to, for him. You know, this is the head coach of a Division One football team. Um, he took me under his wing. And so he, you know, he would do things for me. And I was kind of like his right-hand man. Um, I was, you know, a guy that, you know, a lot of people didn't understand how Coach Munkin was and they didn't understand, you know, why he would do certain things the way he did. But I did because I was around him all the time. And so, um, you know, he took me under his wing and he was there for three years. And so, you know, going into now, um, that was – 2013, I came in. Um, I went through a year and a half uh, of football seasons. I did two football seasons as an equipment manager. And then, you know, going, I, I had a change of, of passion. I wanted to, like, you know, I wanted to help other people out, you know, do certain things. And, you know, I wanted to be a coach. And so I, I was going to school to be in sports management. And um, then I switched it to being a physical education teacher. But I knew that, you know, I wanted to coach, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I switched to in physical education, and I talked to Coach Monk, and it was after the 2014 season. And Coach Monk and I asked him, I said, hey, you know, can I, you know, come up and be a student assistant? And so he's like, yeah, man, come on. And so I, you know, started in January, and I came upstairs, and, you know, I would I would help out, you know, doing like breakdowns. So I'd break down, you know, opponents' defenses or, you know, whatever the coaches needed. I'd run around and, you know, class check to make sure the players were in class and, um, you know, really whatever they wanted me to do. And so, um, following that was the the 2014. Se- following the 2014 season, going into 2015, you know. After 2015, Coach Monkin we had a good year, went to a conference championship, went to a big bowl game. Um, coach Monkin got a job with the Buccaneers, and so we had to hire a new head coach. And so Coach Hobson came in, and um, we, he brought in a whole new coaching staff. Kept a couple guys on staff, um, but then you know I had to get used to another coaching staff, and so got used to them. You know um, our Offense coordinator at time brought his graduate assistant that he had at Kentucky um, down here with him. So I was pretty much under his graduate assistant, but I would do everything that, that Coach Dawson wanted me to do. And so um, his graduate assistant, you know, we went through that season, had a pretty good year. I wouldn't say great, but we had a pretty good year. Um, his graduate assistant ended up leaving um, right at the beginning of spring ball, going into 2017. Um, right at the beginning of spring ball, he left, took a job in Washington, D.C. as an um, offense coordinator. And so being a physical education teacher, I had to student teach at some point. And so, you know, I, that fall, the 2017 fall, um, this past year, Coach Dawson looked at me after his graduate assistant left and was like, hey, do you want to – do you want this job? And I was like, yeah, I want the job, but I have to student teach. He was like, well, you can't student teach and coach at the same time. And so he's like, you got to make a decision. He's like, do you want to coach college football or what do you want to do? And so, you know, I was like, I want to coach college football. I I love collegiate football. And so I made another – Another uh, major change, so I changed my my major to liberal studies, which is um, just a general education degree, um, kind of get a, a different, you know, variety of all the different majors on campus, and so um, all the different schools and everything, and so I went through that, changed my major, ended up graduating at the end of the summer. Um, I expedited my my graduation date. And so then I got the graduate assistant job and jumped straight into graduate school and um, did my first, my first, just finished my first year. I'm into my second year as a graduate assistant for the football team. And so it, it's, that, that's that been a journey.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty awesome how all your involvement in, in sports and, you know, the different kinds of things you did to help out. You tried a lot of different things and then ended up kind of finding your path forward, you know, your, your greatest passion at least at this point, um, with, with coaching. So just tell us a little bit as we're wrapping up here about what your continued involvement in football meant to you, um, and how that kind of helped you in your transition forward, you know, following, you know, your concussion sidelining events.
0: Yeah, I just, um, you know, just continuing with the, with football and everything. I, I, I jumped in, you know, I loved sports growing up and, you know, I love football, Played football. And so, you know, being around football is my life, you know, it's typically with a lot of coaches is that, that, that has to be their life. They have a competitive edge of, of doing certain things. And, um, you know, I, I really, I have to, you know you 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 try to figure out you know what you're going to do you know in the future but you know i you think about it you know my dad's always taught me to go with the flow and so like i don't know what's going to happen tomorrow i don't know i don't know what's going to happen in 5 years and so right now i'm just living you know the best life that i can you know trying to be the best coach that i can you know just and i'm i'm luckily i'm surrounded by great coaching staff i mean our coaching staff has tremendous experience um some of them you know being head coaches previously um some of them being offensive coordinators in um some of the highest you know the s e c um i'm i'm luckily i'm surrounded by tremendous people and and our head coach is um is awesome and you know I sit there and and you know he 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 always says and it's something that I'm gonna take and you know that's that's typically why I got into coaching and now it, it you know it resonates is that coach Coach Hobson he always says that he's a life coach he's not a football coach and so that's something that really sits down with me you know Coach Hobson he he talks constantly about um, about you know life and about you know anything that you do, anything that you do is, you know, in football will resemble what happens in life. So he always talks about, you know, being a blue collar, which is what um, Southern Miss is built on, being a blue collar, you know, guy, blue collar worker, we're just going to keep working. And, you know, no matter what, you know, no matter what, when times get tough, we just got to keep fighting. And that's something that, that, really hit me and and you know I sit there and think about it at nighttime about you know you know I could have just gave up in high school and there ain't no telling where I'd be right now I'd probably still be on the coast of um in Mississippi and you know work in construction or something like that which I don't have a problem with you know if that's you know if that's where God's gonna lead me but um you know I coach Hobson he constantly talks about keep fighting and so I sit there and think and think and think. And I'm like, you know what, th- that brings me back. And, you know, I could have I just gave up and just now I'm I'm fighting. I just kept fighting, kept fighting. And, you know, he always says, you know, uh, talks about the adversity. And so that really, you know, that really brings everything into perspective. And no matter what, no matter what, you just got to keep fighting. He said, you know, he, he talks about it. Like, even when times get rough, you know, you just don't need to give up. Just keep working, and eventually you'll come out of the hole.
1: hmm Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's that's great advice. I mean, that really is something that um, we love to hear at Sideline USA because that's what we want to show athletes um, and that you can take that same athletic mindset that made you an incredible athlete and you can take that into other arenas and keep that competitive edge and find a way to utilize all those skills you learn in your sport to, you know, have a new path. So Dexter, thanks so much for joining us today with the podcast um, and sharing your story and your continued involvement in sports. Um, loved to kind of hearing your input, especially just on the aspect of, you know, what coaches can do to better support sideline athletes and just staying involved in sports and how you can continue to have a path forward um, just in a different avenue of participation. So thanks so much for sharing your story. I um, appreciate your time.
0: Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. And one thing I got to say is just find a passion and just keep fighting.
1: Mm-hmm. Find a passion, keep fighting. Great note to end on. All right. Thanks a lot, Dexter. Take care.
0: Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Oh, oh,